This is Happily Holistic, where we dive deeply into everything health and wellness with a big dash of spirituality and a sprinkle of business. We spotlight the uplifting and the positive and share the secret ways top wellness authors and celebrities get inspired, stay healthy, and enjoy this beautiful life. I'm your host, Amy Lee Mercury, best-selling author of 15 books and holistic health expert for the last 19 years. I can't wait to get happily holistic with you today. Hi there, and welcome to Happily Holistic. I'm so excited to have you all listening to the podcast and or joining us by video on YouTube. And I'm even more excited because I get to welcome my dear friend, George Lizos today. George is a spiritual teacher and intuitive and author of Be the Guru and the number one best-selling Lightworkers Gotta Work. He is co-creator of Elemental Healing and host of the Lit Up Lightworker podcast, which I love, and I got to record with George recently. George helps lightworkers to find their purpose and work their light in real palpable ways that create positive change in the world. And he's such a sweetie. I just love him so much. He's got his flower crown on. I need mine. <laughs> we can wear our crowns. Welcome, George. Thank you so oh much. Oh my for goodness. Being here. <laughs> First of all, I love you too. And it's so amazing to be here to chat with you. I'm excited that you're here. And we get to talk about real things and just have this casual conversation about what it's like to be a light worker, which is your topic, and mm. you know what it's like to be aware of energy and what it's like to be in your world. So I'm really excited to hear about that. So shall we start from the basics? What is a light worker? Let's because hear it. It's, it's, it's been such a buzzword in the spiritual community and people say, oh, I'm a light worker, I'm a light worker, I'm a light worker, but we're forgetting what the actual meaning of the word is. So a light worker, according to the Rebecca Campbell, she wrote a book, Light is a New Black, is someone, uh, a soul, anyone who comes into the world to make the world a better place by being fully in it. Now, in my book, Light Workers Gotta Work, I take a different approach. I introduce the term ascension light worker to talk about a new breed of light workers that are old, mature light worker souls that have incarnated over many lifetimes as witches, as healers, as shamans and intuitives and um, like magicians and mages and that come into this planet lifetime after lifetime with the aim of making the world a better place. So these ascension light workers have been coming into this world over the past few decades to help shift the vibration of the planet, to help in the ascension of the planet to the new golden age, the equivalent to the golden era of Atlantis, a time and a paradigm where the world is more loving, is more peaceful, is more kind. And these souls have been coming in right now to upgrade the frequency of the planet, to upgrade the software of planet Earth, so to speak. Now, light work. What does light work mean? Because in the spiritual community, as I see people refer to this word, they usually tell me, okay, I'm a light worker, so I'm just sitting all day long, I'm meditating, I'm nurturing my light, I'm raising my vibration, and I'm visualizing the world becoming a better place. And I gotta make it real here, that's light chilling 
not like working because the light workers of the past, Mahatma Gandhi, uh, Martin Luther King, Helen Keller, um, Anne Frank, they did not work their life just by sitting there, meditating and visualizing the world, healing. They wrote books, they got out there, they campaigned, they, um, they took real action steps towards creating change in the world. So I believe it is the collective purpose of lightworkers to not just know our light, but to um, really get really clear as to what our light purpose is and to get out there and with real actionable, palpable steps, follow our life purpose to help create a better world. So Lightworkers Gotta Work's message is that the world won't change sitting in meditation pillows all day long. The world changes when lightworkers light up, find their life purpose, and take clear, consistent steps towards following and fulfilling the life purpose. I love that, George. And I so, so agree as someone who's meditated and been on a spiritual path for a long time i came to a point after being kind of a medicine woman up on a hill in our rural community years ago where i realized that marketing was part of my job as a if you want to call it a light worker it was part of my service because the more people we reach the more we get to share whatever our message is now granted also the more fulfilled we feel and we can, you know, pretend it's a, it's a higher calling and this and that, and it is. But it's also for us, just as much as we're serving, we're being served. Every client I have, it's a privilege, it's an enhancement to have that experience with. And I'm sure it's the same for you. And it's through the interaction with the world, I think, that we can uplift and, and learn and do whatever it is we're here to do. So I love that. that oh my goodness. Like um, a big misconception in the, in the spiritual community is that we're just love and light. But if we were just love and light, we would have stayed in the spirit world. We are love and light embodied and expressed in a physical way. So we have to use all the physical tools that we're given to help express that love and light in physical ways. Otherwise, we wouldn't have been born into these physical bodies, 100%. Absolutely, and I think also a big part of the privilege of being in a body on Earth is the physical experience, the hugs that we share, the, you know, the running and swimming and the movement and the physicality that, you know, drinking the smoothie that's flavorful, whatever it is that brings pleasure and not from just a purely a pleasure sense but from a sensory place because i've always seen it as there's a huge line of souls out the with a line out the door waiting to incarnate here even though we have this huge population boom you know from the standpoint of the earth and, and the human race it's it's a sought after thing to come in and have this experience that is so sensory and offers so many unique, unique components. So I love what you're sharing. And, you know, I love the direction we're going here, which we didn't really plan, but it's a really fun direction. I love it. And do you know what I think is at the core of um, this disconnect that we have in the physical world? Yeah. It's, our, it's a result of our disconnect from nature 
and therefore are disconnected from the balance between the divine masculine and the divine feminine. Because patriarchy has been around, as you know, you wrote a book about it, yeah. has been around for, for thousands of years, and it is so embedded in every single facet of our life. Yeah. So even if we want to embrace the divine feminine, sometimes we're doing it in a masculine way because all the ways we were taught to live and exist in the world are in this masculine way. And uh, personally, I want to share a quick story that I think will really resonate. So a few years ago, I was in London working a full-time job while running my own spiritual business part-time. So that meant working a nine-to-five job and coming home, working my own business until midnight, and then doing it again the following day. So for three years, I had reached a point where I had exhausted myself and I completely burned out. Now, that was after I had written my first book, Be the Guru. So I should have known better. <laughs> I, had, I had been through an entire journey of embracing my feminine energy, of learning to uh, love myself after like judging and bullying myself over my childhood years. So I should have known better. But then the masculine energy, the patriarchy was so subversively embedded into the structure of how we do things that it was still killing me slowly. It had failed to kill me when I was a teenager and I tried to take my own life because I, I couldn't accept my, my sexuality. And even although I healed that side of me, it was, st it was still doing it to me, like subversely, subtly, very um, like undercover by having me overwork myself. And long story short, I realized that it was as a result of disconnecting from nature because nature is perfectly balanced in masculine and feminine energy. We have the winter where things just slow down a little bit, nature recuperates its energy and then spring comes again, then this masculine energy comes forth. However, masculine energy, the patriarchy has us work, 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 hustle, ego work, not light work. Yeah. So really when we start, and let me just tie it into your uh, comment about why we reject these physicalities because we've been as light workers collectively traumatized and victimized by patriarchy for so many years, for so many lifetimes, that we are a little bit disgusted by masculine energy and we think that masculine energy is the bad guy, that we think masculine energy as such is who's to blame for all the patriarchal structure that we've created, not realize masculine energy is not the bad guy. The way we've abused masculine energy is the bad guy. So I see many light workers solely focusing on the divine feminine and completely disregarding the divine masculine and hence thinking that, oh, it's just about meditating and visualizing the world healing and not embodying the practical aspect of masculine energy, which is all about taking action and moving forward. So really when we look into nature and we spend more time in nature and we start to mimic the way nature functions within our own lives, and therefore balance the masculine and feminine energy within us, then we instinctively know when is the right time to meditate and when is the right time to take action. And that's how lightworkers get to work. <laughs> yes, I love that. I so agree with you too, George. And I think that for me, on my life's path, when I did embrace the masculine is when I became more successful because I did have to take those active steps. And, 
you know, initiate some push to go with some of the pull, some active to go with some of the receptive. And, and it's, it's just still a process for me, I'm sure for you and for all of us, you know, how to find yes. balance. Yes, the world is structured for the masculine. I mean, even from a hormonal standpoint, men have a 24-hour hormonal cycle. And so that cycle is, you know, being up early and doing the most um, intensive things earlier in the day. And then, you know, the way the, the day would go for men, that's how the day is structured. Women, we run on a 28 to 30 day cycle. So there's times that are better for us to do certain tasks as opposed to every day being a reset with that push, push, push. So where, you know, where we find that balance, I, I think is individual, but I love that you're bringing this forward and that nature is the key. So in this effort to reclaim the divine masculine, what would be, in addition to nature, or maybe some more specific, like three specific action steps we could share with our listeners to help them do that? What do you think? Okay, so number one step to embracing the divine masculine is first acknowledging the way the divine masculine hurt us, the ways we've abused the divine masculine as well, because over many lifetimes, including this lifetime, we may have been, we surely have been both the victims of the divine masculine, but also the victimizers of the, of, no, 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 not the divine masculine, masculine energy, because if it's divine, it's perfectly balanced. Yeah. Just the abuse of the masculine energy. We've both been victimized and have victimized other people as a result of it. So really, I usually do like past life regressions with people where I take them back to all the lifetimes mm -hmm. that they've uh, been hurt by the masculine or they have hurt other people and go through this process of really acknowledging that seeing it, not hiding away from it, and then forgiving themselves and other people for it and the abuse of masculine energy in general. But anyone can do this just by journaling, just by mm -hmm. um, doing a quick journaling exercise of going through um, their own experiences from this lifetime where they've abused or have been abused by masculine energy and just giving themselves permission to feel their emotions and also like move towards forgiveness. I think that is a very primary step because it's going to stop us from fearing masculine energy because so far we've been like, no, 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 patriarchy is bad. Let's focus on the feminine. The divine feminine is rising. The future is female. And we're like, <laughs> like, like focusing all the energy on that, which is wonderful because we need that kind of energy towards the feminine to like uplift it right now. But let's not completely disregard the masculine and use the masculine to support the feminine. Yes. That is a key step here. So that is the first step for giving the masculine. Yes. Now to really start um, embracing masculine energy. What I like to do is if it's not scheduled, it's not real. I learned this from Marie Forleo and I 100% believe it. <laughs> so if someone, yes. So if, if someone is very feminine in their energy, therefore they, um, they like the vibes of the feminine and they have a hard time taking action and they procrastinate a lot. It's a good idea to start with something really practical, such as to schedule a feminine activity, even if you schedule some kind of a feminine time yeah. to meditate, that's yeah. still a step of using your muscle energy in a way that doesn't shock your being. Yeah. So you're slowly easing yourself into uh, masculine energy. Mm 
And then another practice that, um, that is a little bit more spiritual is getting out in nature, but not just getting out in nature and just being there, um, getting out in nature and connecting with the elementals. Now, in Lightworkers Gotta Work, I include a lot of meditations in connection with the elementals, the nature spirits, the dragons and the unicorns and the, and the mermaids and the sylphs, because I believe that Mother Earth is the uh, number one healer. Is a master healer and all the answers we seek are found in nature and just in the process of immersing ourselves into the energy of nature we allowing we're allowing the aura of nature to merge with our own like unbalanced aura clear away all that stuff on a subconscious level on an energetic level and at the same time when we reach out to the elementals we can make that we can transition that into something more um, something more practical. So let's do something with trees, for example. Trees are the easiest elementals to connect with because they are so like um, close to us. They are palpable. We can touch them. We can have a, a relationship with them. Simply going out there, giving an offering to a tree, touching the tree and establishing a connection to it will allow us to instinctively feel that... Um, through the process of entrainment, therefore merging the two energies, allow us to feel our divine masculine energy that is present within that tree and therefore that is present within ourselves, but we've maybe shied away from embracing or just uh, what we're afraid to embrace. And just the connection that we make with a tree or any really aspect of nature, whether it is a river or a flower or a plant or just the air we breathe, will help us instinctively come into our divine masculine energy. I love it. And to come into our balance, like you, you said earlier, I agree, nature is in perfect balance. And so the more we are able to emulate nature and be close to nature, it, it, it entrains, as you stated, it entrains our body. I mean, I love that. And, you know, we, we used to laugh about the idea of, like, people hugging trees, but... It's like the best thing you can do. It's oh my God, I love it. It's connecting. When you hug a, a tree, when you, I always ask permission personally. Like I'll see yeah. a tree and like ask permission and like put my hand on. I'm not like up in its grill. Like you don't go hug a stranger necessarily unless you really connect. But you know, I always kind of start ask permission, place my hand there and, and connect. And when you feel with trees, especially the the slow depth that's one of the things my late medicine teacher taught me 20 plus years ago was to use this idea of connecting with trees to feel that resonance that slow depth that think of how slow their sap which is like their blood moves it's very different than us. it helps us slow down it helps us connect even that brings us into balance so which I is that which which is a feminine aspect of trees, and yet there is also masculine in that. So I want to touch on a point here because um, when I went to when I was going through my burnout, I went to a magical city in the UK, Glastonbury, mm -hmm. where I always go there to just connect. And I heard this, I, like I asked my angels, my guys, like you guys help me. How can I like? break out of this and I heard something that I didn't understand at the time but then it made complete sense my guide said George you have to find the feminine within the masculine and vice versa you need to find the masculine within the feminine and it did not make sense at the time but then when I started 
getting into Greek paganism and I became a priest to Greek paganism. And we were taught that on the altars, the ancient Greeks always included both a male statue and a female statue. And the male goddesses had male characteristics and a male counterpart always, they, they went in doubles. And the, uh, the male, then the female ones also had, sorry, the male had female characteristics and the female had uh, yes. male characteristics. Like Aphrodite yes. is also Aphroditus. Yes. Which is the male aspect of Aphrodite. Yes. So really when the feminine energy is balanced and therefore it's divine feminine, it's not really just passive. It's very active. It's creative. It's that Shakti energy of creation. It's there for masculine. At the same time, when masculine energy is divine and therefore balanced, it's not just hustle and ego work. It's inspired action. So it's basically two sides of the same coin. And I believe that if we truly find balance in either masculine energy or in either feminine energy, we'll simultaneously find the balance and embrace the opposite as well because they're not really so opposites. I agree. And I think Aphrodite is a great example. We think of her as this goddess of love and all this, but Aphrodite of the hermaphrodites. Yes. had both sex organs. I mean, that was what that whole myth and that whole thing was about, was that balance, which is the sacred marriage of the inner masculine and feminine. Yes, 100%. And that's she's the, so. the essence of creation. She's, she's yeah. the creation of, of flowers. It's the creation of humans, the creation of nature. Yes. That's perfectly balanced you between the two. We always talk about this stuff. And a special connection George and I share is I'm half Greek. He's in Cyprus, technically. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we kind of share some heritage. We might be related. Who knows? I did the yeah. DNA test. I did a DNA test. I did. And I found out exactly what my, uh, my ancestry is. So who knows, maybe we, <laughs> we can see, we can compare yeah. them. We might be related. I guess I have to wrap us up. Our talk went so fast and it was so wonderful. It's always so great to talk to George. George, if you could tell your 16-year-old self one thing from the you of the future, what would it be? If I could tell my 16-year-old self one thing. Yeah. Stop caring what other people think about you. I love that. Take the time to love yourself, to spend time yourself mm -hmm. with yourself, to understand and know and accept both your uh, light as well as your shadow. Because when you love and accept yourself fully, then you become one in alignment with your life purpose, with who you really are, and then the universe shows up for you. I would tell George, when you show up for you by loving and accepting yourself, the universe will freaking show up for you as well. I love it. What a good note to end on. Thank you so, so much for being here. You're amazing. Thank you so much for having me, Amy. You're the best. Thank you all so much for listening. I'll talk to you next time on Happily Holistic with Amy Lee Mercury. Thanks for listening to Happily Holistic with me, Amy Lee Mercury. You can find out more about the show on amyleemarecree.com on the podcast page. Please stop by your favorite social platform and leave me a comment. I'd love to hear how you liked today's show and what topics you'd like me to cover in the future. Come find me on Instagram and Facebook at amyleemarecree. Until next time, 
stay happily holistic.